Hey church family, welcome to Shoreline City. I am so fired up about today and I hope you are as well. Buenos dias a todos y bienvenidos. ¿Cómo están familia? Welcome to Shoreline City. My name is Nate Lauder. My wife Whitney and I have the honor and privilege of being the campus pastors here in Guatemala at our Antigua Guatemala campus. And how many of you are grateful for technology in this season? I love that we get to connect as a global house Uh, via YouTube, via Instagram and Facebook and Zoom and all of the other technology of today. It's such a beautiful thing um, to be able to be thousands of miles away um, from wherever you are. Maybe you're watching from the States right now. Maybe you're in Dallas. Maybe you're here in Antigua. Maybe you're in Guatemala City. Maybe you're in a totally different country. I just want to say a huge welcome. You are family to us. You are family right here in this house. So thank you for being here with us from wherever you're watching from. I also want to say we have the best pastors in the whole world. When, we, when Whitney and I first met, pastors Earl and Anika, I remember it so clearly. We were in Dallas, and, and at that point, we were meeting in a little theater called the Angelica Theater, and uh, there was about 60 or 70 people uh, in, the, in the whole church at that point, and maybe five, six months after it got started, and Whitney and I rode the escalator up and, and, and met Pastor Earl and met Pastor Onika, and, and, and the posture that they loved the posture that they led, the posture that they served, the way they walked in humility, the way they fought for the forgotten and, and fought for unity. It was the exact same then as it is now. What a beautiful, beautiful picture and example for, for all of us to follow. We have the best pastors in the world. They're the same on stage as they are behind the scenes. And Whitney and I, I can honestly say, would not be the same without our pastors. Quite literally, uh, we would not be in Guatemala without our pastors. But we are so grateful for this global house. For those of you who maybe don't know our story, um, Whitney and I moved here five years ago, just about five years ago. Uh, I was an engineer and Whitney was a nurse. Uh, and we landed here in Guatemala City on July 1st of 2015. And can I just tell you, I could have never imagined, I could have never imagined the fullness of life that we would experience in this five years. The beautiful people that we, that we call family and get to be around each and every day. This campus that, is, that has been developed and grown into a beautiful family here in Guatemala. And the fact that we had two beautiful daughters here in Guatemala City, they're puras chapinas, which is a good way of saying it in, in, in Espanol, that they're, they're here, they're from Guatemala, this is their home. Uh, but I have, I've learned more about the fullness of the Father in the last five years than, than in the previous 28 years of my life. <laughs> my encouragement to you, though, if you need some encouragement today, if I've learned one thing, it's to keep saying yes. To keep saying yes because his plan is more exciting. It's more full of life. It's more full, more full of full of purpose. It's, it's something unforgettable, something unexplainable. And yeah, it's, it's more stretching as well and maybe more uncomfortable as well. But I promise you, if you just keep saying yes, it's going to be the ride of your life and you're going to love life and live it to the fullest. So are you ready for today? Are you ready, church family? Drop it in the chat. If you're ready, put a few fuegos or bombas, <laughs> put a few emojis, some fire, some bombs. We're going we're gonna to have an awesome day today. I'm fired up. We have just wrapped up 
One of the most incredible series that we've ever experienced as a church body, the Quilt Series, has, has absolutely unified our hearts around the truth of the gospel, has unified our hearts around the fact that no matter our differences, no matter our different beliefs, no matter who we are, we are one body, and we are moving forward in one direction to make it on earth as it is in heaven. That's the vision of this house. What a beautiful series this has been, and I'm so grateful for this house. I'm so grateful for a family who believes in teaching teaches that this is the truth, that this, every single word written in this word is the truth of the gospel. I'm so grateful that we get to be a part of a church family that, that stands on the truth and that, that uses it in, in every single moment in our life and says, no, I'm, I'm going to go to the truth. I'm not going to politics. I'm not going to TV. I'm not going to Netflix or Instagram to find my truth and my true north. I'm going to the gospel, to the gospel. So now... Now that we've been knit together, now that the, the blanket has been sewed, now that the quilt has been quilted, is that a word? I don't know if that's a word or not, but, but what's next, church? What's now? Where are we headed? Because I just want to make sure you understand that we're just getting started, that the best is yet to come, that God has something for you that you could not even possibly imagine, that God is on his throne and he's still on his throne right now in this season. So the title of today's message, if you're with me, the title of today's, today's message is, You Ain't Seen Nothing Yet. You Ain't Seen Nothing Yet. So go with me. We're going to get started. We're just going to jump right into Joshua. Joshua chapter 13, verse 1. Turn with me, if you will, there. Grab your Bibles. Grab your whatever it is you use, your iPhones. And let's read together. It says, Now Joshua was old and advanced in years. And the Lord said to him, you are old and advanced in years. Let me just pause. How many of us sometimes need a reminder, God on high, to remind us that we're old and advanced in years, right? But then he said something so powerful. Are you ready? This is what he says. And there remains yet very much land to possess. You may be old, but there remains yet very much land to possess. I don't know if you feel this. But I feel this. I feel it in this season, this old feeling. I'm getting a little, a little older. The other day, I was watching one of our amazing, amazing, just a little plug for our Next Generation program, uh, a, a youth video uh, that our Next Gen program put on. And you got to go watch it. If you have kids, if you don't have kids, you need to watch the Next Generation programs. They're beautiful and amazing. Uh, but they were teaching some seasoned people, <laughs> some adults maybe, uh, some of the words that the kids are using these days. And, and I promised myself that I would never use this phrase, the kids are using these days. That's the phrases that my grandma used to use all the time. But, but what the kids are using these days, the words, I don't know them. I don't know them. So therefore, I'm old. Okay, I'm old. So, so they're using words like yeet and bay and lit and extra, right? And I, I've used lit like twice. So I'm pretty much there, right? <laughs> I can still be young, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, COVID is aging me. Uh, I got some more gray hairs right here. I had to trim the beard real short because the gray hairs are coming in there and the, the metabolism is slowing a little bit down. So I had to back off the cookies just, just a bit in COVID season. But the other day, Mila, my three-year-old, she hops up in my lap and we're having this beautiful daddy-daughter moment, right? And, and she's looking into my eyes. I'm looking into her eyes and she's so sweet. And I tell her, Mila, I love you so much. You're so beautiful. 
beautiful. And instead of telling me that she loves me so much and I'm so beautiful too, right? Uh, she doesn't say that. She looks at me and she gets a little concerned, puzzled look on her eyes. And, and she says, daddy, daddy. And I hope the camera's not zooming in too close right now because she said, daddy, you got three snakes on your forehead. <laughs> I said, girl, get out of my lap. <laughs> <laughs> they're wrinkles, okay? They're wrinkles, and I know I'm, I'm aging in COVID season, but in the story of Joshua, I can only imagine maybe what Joshua was thinking. Maybe he thought, I've done enough. Haven't I lived a full life? I, I was with Moses, and we came out of e Egypt, and we lived through the wilderness, and uh, we crossed the Red Sea, and then the Jordan. I, I've seen two water crossings in my, in my day. I'm, I, think I'm, I think I'm done. I'm good. I actually, we're, we're, we're almost there. And so, so really, the, the children of Israel, they should be fine, right? I think my, my purpose is probably wrapped up for you and I in this season, to be really honest, maybe you're thinking, I got no gas left in the tank. Maybe you're thinking, there's too much pain going on in my world around me. I can't think of anything besides that. I can do nothing to make a difference. And maybe you're thinking, is my calling, is my mandate, is it even still real? Does it still exist? Is it still the same as it was before COVID? Is it still the same as it was yesterday in church? If you get nothing else out of today, what I want you to understand and what I want you to hear from me is no feeling, no exhaustion, no pandemic and no circumstance and no lie from the enemy can cancel his purpose for your life. Nothing that the world throws can come against your purpose because it's designed by the Father. God is challenging us today that there is more. There is more. We're not gonna be known as a church who thinks too small. We're not gonna be known as a church who stopped too short, as the church who settled before, before God had finished the work that he was doing. So as I mentioned earlier, I have two daughters, Mila and Isabel. Uh, we call her Isa. Isa Lane is her name. She's beautiful. Both of them are beautiful in every way. Mila's three years old and Isa is nine months old. Both of them were born here in Guatemala. And, and Mila, uh, Isa doesn't really talk yet, uh, but Mila, <laughs> she uh, is fully bilingual. And so sometimes she'll correct our Spanish, which is highly offensive to be corrected by a three-year-old, right? But it's all right uh, because she's amazing at Spanish, right? And and so the the natural kind of the, the official language of our home is by, uh, Spanglish. It's, it's a little bit of Spanglish, right? And so Mila throws out words that we're like, I don't know if that's baby or if that's Spanish or if that's English, but it could be Spanish and I just don't know it. I, I, I got to do some research, right? And so, so Mila tries to, to help us out. But, but let me tell you a little bit about them because there's this little tienda around the corner. It's a little store around the corner from our house. And we, we go there and sometimes I'll, I'll get Mila a little sucker, for her, a little lollipop, and it's, it's, it's pink, obviously, because that's her favorite color, and, and, and Mila loves quality time. She loves date night with her daddy, and for her, date night, it's, it's not just a night, it's any time that we get alone time, that time that we get to spend together, so the other day, I told her, Mila, Mila, I want to take you on a date, and I want to get you a present, and I want to celebrate you and show you love, and she's so excited, and in my mind, I didn't tell her this, but in my mind, I'm thinking we're going to drive to Guatemala City, right, which is like, you go, it's, it's, it's not that far, but with traffic, it's kind of far. It's a little, it takes a little time, right? It's a commitment, right? It's a little bit of a sacrifice to sit in, in that traffic for a while. And, and, and so we, uh, it, actually, I'll, I'll tell you a little side note. The, the road that you take from Antigua to Guatemala City is actually Highway 1. And so it connects 
the Panama Canal, all the way up through Canada. And so we're, we're, we're connected. We're connected in a big way. Uh, but, but the reality is you get on Highway 1, right? And you hit traffic, obviously. And, and Waze, if you use Waze or whatever you know, you're using these days, Google Maps or Apple Maps or whatever it may be. But, but I use Waze, and Waze always tells me, hey, get off. Get off the highway. Go these back routes. Take 27 turns. And then usually it's like 20 seconds faster than, than the easy route, right? Uh, but but it, that's beside the point. So we get to Guatemala City, and, and this is all, I'm dreaming this up, right? And we're going to go to the mall, and this was when malls were, were open. The mall's all closed right now in Guatemala. But uh, we go to, to Zara Baby, right? Zara Baby, and I want to pick out a dress for Mila. So this is all that I have in mind, and I want to take her to get her favorite meal. I want to take her to get her favorite meal, which is obviously chicken nuggets and french fries, and that's okay with me because I kind of like that too. So we all get ready to go to Guatemala City, and as we're driving out, that's what I have in my mind, but as we're driving out, we, we turn the corner, and we pass the little tienda where we normally will get suckers, and, and Mila says, Daddy, wait, wait. You passed it. You passed it. Isn't that where we're going on our date night? I said, oh, Mila, you got to learn something, girl. When I say date night, I mean date night. I mean, we're going to go all out. I mean, time spent. I mean, a sacrifice to sitting in traffic. I mean, you're going to get the most beautiful dress that there is. And I want us to understand some of us, I think, are settling for a sucker when God has something so much more extravagant in his mind to give you, to pour out on your life. Many of us have lost our understanding of the extravagant God that we serve. Let me just tell you this. He is not a God of good enough. He is a God of extraordinary. I promise you, I promise you today there is more than you can possibly imagine in store for your life. More territory to possess, more land with your name on it, more territory to take. I want you to understand that, that, that when Joshua was old and exhausted, we need to get how he had the energy to keep going. Because some of us, I think we just need a little bit of key, a key to, to keep going. How did he have the energy to keep going even though he was tired and to keep taking land? Here, let me tell you, the answer is this, a promise a promise. Some of you need to be reminded today of his promises. Some of us need to get on our knees and be reminded of his faithfulness. I believe in this moment, God was reminding Joshua of his faithfulness. God was reminding Joshua of his faithfulness at the, at the, at the red, uh, pulling them out of Egypt at the Red Sea, at the parting of the Jordan, at the, the walls of Jericho falling down after seven times around it. I believe God was saying, look, I've been faithful before. The promises I've given you, I'm going to give you again. You got more territory to take. So, so, so what was the actual promise? Where did it come from? Let me, let me tell you a little bit of the beginning of the story. As he went through all these seasons, they got to a point right before they crossed the Jordan, right before they went into Jericho. And at this point, they're saying, okay, I think we need to send a couple of spies into Jericho just to see how big the people are and how many weapons they have and if we can take them, right? And so in Joshua chapter two, go back a little bit in the story of Joshua. In Joshua chapter two, verse nine, Let's go there real quick. It says this. This is the, the promise. The two spies, they enter into Jericho, and they meet a, a prostitute named Rahab, and Rahab takes them in, and, and this is the promise of God that, 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 that she speaks over their lives. In Joshua 2, verse 9, it says, I know that the Lord has given you the land, and that the fear of you has fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land will melt away before you. I know that God has given you the land. 
and all the inhabitants of the land will melt away before you. I know God has given you the land and all the inhabitants of the land will melt away before you. What a promise, what a beautiful promise I feel. Like some of us today, maybe in a situation right now, we're facing situations in your marriage where you need to move forward and gain ground, but, but you just keep hitting a wall. Maybe you're facing circumstances where you feel like you're moving backwards instead of forward in your business and in your job. Maybe you're feeling like someone or something is taking what belongs to you, is stealing what was promised to you, feeling like things aren't how I planned them. 2020, right, hasn't been how we planned it. So I want to ask you this question. Who is inhabiting your land? Who is inhabiting your land, especially in this season? In this season, we're facing forgotten promises. We are forgetting that we are rightful heirs to the land. God promises peace, but we're so willing to give it away to the first person who tries to steal it. God promises us restoration, but we're so willing to give it away to the first offense that, that comes our way. God promises us victory over depression and anxiety, but we're so willing to give it away to the first pandemic that comes our way. God promises victory over marriages in our lives, but we are too willing, we're not willing to give it everything we've got and to surrender our lives before the foundations of the earth and to, to be selfless before your spouse and to say, hey, let's work on this. Let's, let's move forward in this. I believe God's calling us to stand up and, and fight for the promises and, and all that he has called us to. Let me tell you a story. Have you ever been uh, to the mall on a Saturday? And, and right now, I know that, that a lot of malls are shut down again. So, so, so on a Saturday, though, on a normal day, when, when you uh, are, are driving and there's about 100 cars looking for one parking spot, right? And, and, and it's incredibly hard to find. So you, you finally feel like God is like shining a light on the one spot left, and you, you race towards it. And, and here you go. You're about to pull in. And you turn up. Oh, someone else sneaks in, just like curves in in front of you and grabs that spot and grabs that spot. Man, some of you are more holy than I. Some of you just keep on driving. You're like, I'm gonna pray over them. I'm gonna bless them, right? And you just keep on going and wave and smile. Not me. No, Whitney would be mortified that I'm telling you this story. She hates this, but, but I, I, I pull in a little closer. The car kind of right behind theirs. Give it a little bump like that. I roll down the window just a little bit, just crack it a little, just so they can see my eyes right here, eye level. And then I give them the eye. Just like that. Did you get that? If you need that, it's okay. You can steal that, okay? So you give them the eye, and the eye is saying this. You know that's my spot. And I know that's my spot. I just wanted to make sure that I let you know that we both know that that's my spot. Just, just, and then you keep on going, moving along, right? But here's the thing, here's the thing. I don't do that very often, just, a, just every once in a while. <laughs> but when it comes to promises of God, we have to stop giving up so easily. When it comes to promises of God, we have to, to say, no, 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 I'm willing to fight for this because this is mine. This is my territory. This is my calling. I'm moving forward. So what is taking our land in this season? For you in this COVID season, maybe it's offense. Maybe it's anger. Maybe it's anxiety. Maybe it's depression. Maybe it's, maybe it's a, a fear of the unknown. I want to ask you, is COVID inhabiting your land? taking something that belongs to you, that's rightfully ours, our inheritance in this season. God is calling us to rise up, church. Let's get scrappy. Let's, let's take back what belongs to us. Let's learn how to fight. Let's get in the ring and take it back. 
So let's keep going in Joshua. And, and Joshua is, 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 I'm considering, he's considering in verse one, right? He's like, I'm old, I'm old, but there's more land to take. I'm old, but there's more land to take. He's like, ah, what do I do? He's weighing his options. <laughs> but what did he do? Because of the promise, he said, all right, I'll keep going. I'll keep going. I'll keep going. And he started to divvy out the land to the tribes of Israel. They conquered, and it wasn't easy, but they conquered land, and then he started divvying it out. And then he conquered more, and he started giving it out to all the, the tribes of, of Israel. And, and he's like, you get some land, and you get some land, and you get some land, and you get a piece, and you get a piece, Oprah style, right? <laughs> he's giving it all away until it gets to one tribe. And he says, you get nothing. You get nothing. <laughs> Joshua 13, verse 33, the close of this story. I love this. It says, you get nothing. Joshua 13, 33 says, but to the tribe of Levi, Moses gave no inheritance. The Lord God of Israel is their inheritance, just as he said to them. The Lord God of Israel is your inheritance. And maybe at first glance you think, poor Levites, they didn't, even, they didn't get a car from their grandma, like an old beater. They didn't get a junky car from their grandma. They didn't even get a money bag hid under the mattress from their grandparents. I don't know about your grandparents, but my Mima, uh, she was afraid of corporate banking. So that mattress, I was like, if you put a little sticky note on that uh, before you, you go to heaven, I, I would like that mattress, the one that you keep the, all the money in, right? <laughs> but what better inheritance to be chosen by God to carry his presence? Let's talk a little history for a second. The Levites, they were the only tribe, the only tribe that could carry the Ark of the Covenant, which literally carried the very presence of God in this season, in this time. They were the only tribe that could enter into the Holy of Holies and worship God face to face. So I, I did a little research, and, and, and here's what I found. There are 300,000 Levites left in the world today. And do you know the population of our world today? The population of our world is 8 billion people. Which, 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 if you do a little math, and, and, and I told you earlier, I'm an engineer, and so it's okay. I, engineer, I'll just pause for a second. Engineers get a bad rap, okay? So if you're an engineer and you're listening, we get a bad rap for being nerds. And I just want to make the, the record clean here. Um, if you let your, your wife help dress you, then you're, you, you, you kind of like can, can step up a little bit in the, in, in the nerd area. So, so that's, just, that's just a quick tip for all the, the nerds and engineers. Just, you know, just, they got it. They know what they're doing, okay? So, so but the, the reality is I did a little bit of research and, 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 and some math and, and 0.004% of the world's population today are Levites. So I want you to understand if the same rules applied in the Old Testament, then 0.004% would have been accepted in to worship him. 0.004% would have been able to experience the presence of God. Without the cross, only 0.004% of today's humans would have been chosen to truly know him, to truly worship him face to face. And as I was sitting there looking in my journal at, at these numbers, at these notes, I don't know, but something washed over my heart and my soul, and it was gratitude. Tears welled up in my eyes because of gratitude for the cross. Because of gratitude for the cross. When you and I said yes to him, when we said yes to the cross of Christ, 
When we said yes to the King of kings and the Lord of lords, he gave us access. God gave us the same inheritance. The Lord God of Israel is your inheritance. The Lord God of Israel is your inheritance. Yeah, maybe you don't get money under a mattress, but you have the Lord God of Israel on your side. What better inheritance? I want you to understand the cross united us with the tribe of Levi to carry his presence. Let me say it again. The cross united us with the tribe of Levi to carry his presence into all the world. Into all the world. The cross led us to this scripture in, in 1 Peter 2.9. Maybe you know it, but you are a chosen priesthood, a royal priest. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who, who brought you, called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. You and I our royal priesthood, along with the Levites, along with the .004%, when he hung on the cross and said, it is finished, when the curtain was torn in two, the curtain that was 30 foot long and 30 foot high was torn in two, the one that separated out the holy of holies from the rest of the temple, the one that separated out the Levitical tribe from all the rest of the tribes, the, the, the class system that separated out the .004% from the world was shattered in an instant, was broken and torn in two, the barrier that said you can only carry his his presence if, if, if. What's your if today? Because I feel like God is saying to a son, daughter, are you grateful for the inheritance? Son, daughter, are you grateful that you don't have to come from a certain lineage anymore? Are you grateful that no matter your race, no matter your language, no matter your gender, no matter your past mistakes or financial status or education status or family history, the cross brings each of us into the kingdom of heaven, into the holy of holies? where we worship Jesus face to face. This is the miracle of the cross. We get to be brought in to community, into relationship with the one and only Savior, brought in to the Holy of Holies with the Alpha and the Omega, with the beginning and the end, with the first and the last, the one who was and is and is to come, the one who, who was before all things and, and is now and will remain after all things are gone. The Almighty, the Omniscient, the Omnipotent, the All-Powerful, All-Knowing, the one who sits on his throne, the I Am the omnipresent, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, our Father, our Savior. This is the relationship that we have through the cross. Are you grateful for your inheritance? Are you grateful for your inheritance? Are you grateful for the kingdom of heaven? Are you grateful to, to be, have a calling to raise up Christ-like leaders? Are you grateful that you have pastors? Are you grateful that you have a community? Maybe... At first, you were grateful, but have we allowed the, the gift to become a burden? Let me say it again. Have we allowed the gift to become a burden? God has placed some things in your hand. You're, you're either going to see them as a blessing or as, as a burden based on the gratitude in your heart. This theory, this idea, it's as old as time. The children of Israel, they, they, they escaped Egypt from slavery, right? And, and, and then all of a sudden, they were asking to go back to Egypt. Can we go back? Can we go back? I, I don't like the wilderness. I don't really like the manna anymore. I need a little bit of variety in my food. <laughs> right? Right? And I don't know about you, but I know I have to ask myself this question every once in a while. Do you remember being on your knees, crying out for your spouse? Do you remember being on your knees, crying out for your son or your daughter to have kids? Do you remember being on your knees, crying out for a church family? 
And then a year later, two years later, 10 years later when the kids are screaming and maybe you're, you're fighting with your spouse and you can't get past that one thing or maybe when you start to see imperfections in your church because no church is perfect because it's all made up of imperfect people. In this moment, do you remember being on your knees and crying out? Do you remember gratitude? Do you remember gratitude? Are you and I, are we still grateful for the cross? Are we grateful for the cross? Because if we have lost sight, Today, I want us to get it back. Today, I want us to get it back, not just for us, but for every person that will believe in Jesus because of our message, because of our actions, because of our belief, because of our faith. We had a a worship night the other night, and it was beautiful beyond words. And, and, And people from different countries and different languages joined online to worship the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And you know what we did in this moment? We took communion together. We took communion. And the scripture that we read as we take communion is this, do in remembrance of me. I don't know about you, but today, if the only thing you get out of today is just a little bit of a reminder of what God has done for you, a reminder of what your inheritance is, that'll be enough. Because gratitude for the cross drives us to something. Gratitude for the cross drives us to do something. Gratitude drives us to do things we never thought we would be capable of. I want you to understand that you saying yes, your yeses to to God the Father, your yes to uncomfortable, your yes to to your calling, your yes to to Jesus at salvation, all of this is, is not just for you, but it's for those around you. Your yes makes an impact. Your yes has influence. And gratitude, I want you to understand, it drives us to something. Gratitude for my kids drives me to something. Gratitude for my kids drives me to change their poopy diapers, right? Gratitude for my kids, for Mila, it drives me to sit next to her and to watch Frozen, the movie Frozen, at least a thousand times. I know every single word to let it go, and I'm very proud of that. (laughs) And girl dads, you know what I'm talking about, right? But gratitude for community drives you to play a part. Do you understand? Gratitude for community drives you to play a part. It it drives you to not sit on the sidelines anymore. It drives you to say, hey, what can I do to bring heaven to earth right here in this place, in this house, in this body of believers? Gratitude for my wife drives me to love her sacrificially. I'm not saying gratitude is easy. Gratitude leads us to action. And when I say action, I mean sacrifice. (laughs) When I say action, I mean sacrifice. Let's go to Romans 12.1, the scripture I love. And you guys probably know this, but, but I want to say it to you. I want to remind us of this. It says this, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship. I think that a lot of times we get the end of this scripture, but, but do we get the beginning of it? It says this, in view of God's mercy in view of God's mercy, in view of what he's done for us, in view of his faithfulness, in view of gratitude, we offer our lives as a living sacrifice. A life of gratitude is a life of sacrifice. Living in Guatemala, it's, it's my favorite thing in the whole world. It's, it's absolutely the calling that God has placed on our life, and it's beautiful and amazing. But I can honestly tell you, raising two little girls here uh, uh, thousands of miles from their grandparents is, is, is not that easy on us, on the girls, on, on the grandparents. But let me, just, let me just tell you, what other choice would I make in view of God's mercy? 
in view of God's mercy, what other choice would we make except for following after the fullness of the calling of God on our life? What other choice would we make whenever we recognize the cross and whenever we see that we have joined with the Levites to bring heaven to earth and to carry the very presence of God and the holy of holies to every person around us? Gratitude for the cross and the understanding that you're part of the new Levitical tribe. You know what it drives you to? It drives you to share it. It drives you to raise others up, to bring others on the journey with you. It drives you to something fresh and holy and pure. Last week, Pastor Earl preached one of the most beautiful messages I've ever heard in my whole life about us being a church that says, I will bring you to the table of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, no matter if we believe differently or if we have different politics or our skin color is different or our our gender is different, no matter what, you are welcome at the table of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. The the most beautiful message, and I, I want us to understand, if we're gonna be a church who does this, we're gonna have to do more than just accept them, more than just say, yeah, I value you from a distance. No, we're gonna have to chase them down, and we're gonna have to carry them to the cross, as Pastor Earl said last week. We're gonna have to carry them to the table and make sure we save a seat for them. Gratitude for the cross drives us to remember each one and to fight for their position at the table. Gratitude for the cross drives us to remember each one and to fight for their position at the table. Not your position, their position. Whether you agree or not, gratitude brings us to our knees in humility, remembering the cross, remembering what he's done for us, causes us to approach the throne of grace with confidence but humility. The cross causes us to stay up all night crying out for someone else's marriage, crying out for someone else's healing, someone else's finances. It drives us to love big. It drives us to all that God has called us to. Now we finished the quilt series, and and now that we've been quilted together, as we said, you and I, we're unified. But I want to tell you about the thread that holds us together, the thread that holds this beautiful quilt that we call our, our family, this body of believers. It's the love of the Father. It's unity, the thread of humility, the common thread of surrender, the common thread of glorifying his name, the common thread of no other name but the name of Jesus, the common thread of the fact that we are going to lay down and surrender our lives and our desires for a sacrificial life because God has called us to join the Levitical tribe and God has called us to be a quilt that cannot be pulled apart in the thread that holds tight even in moments of adversity or in moments of a pandemic. So if we are a church who has more territory to take, we got more cities to impact, more communities to raise up, more families to draw in, more campuses to plant, more dreams to dream, more vision to be had, more groups to launch, you and I play a part. Maybe you're watching this, you're like, this is my first time. You play a part. You play a part. You play a part, your family to us. So seek it out, search it out, know what your part is, make connection, chat with us in the chat room. Make sure you join the virtual lobby or our prayer rooms because we wanna connect with you and we want you to know your family to us. And the title is today is you ain't seen nothing yet and in your house and in your marriage and in your freedom from your addictions, I want you to know you ain't seen nothing yet. Our God is just getting started in the middle of this pandemic. I promise you, as we surrender to the Father, you ain't seen nothing yet in this house, in this house of believers in this family that we call Shoreline City. You ain't seen nothing yet. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Are you ready? Church family, let's go. Let's go. So today, I want us to let gratitude be our drive. I want us to let gratitude be our guide. To not stop short. 
but to leave the 99 and chase after the one, to bring people into the kingdom of heaven, to sit next to us, because I promise you, we will end up with the land he's called us to. We will end up influencing, influencing and impacting the ones that he has called us to impact. We will end up bringing to the table those that he has called us to bring to the table when we stay on our knees, when we stay on our knees, grateful for the cross, remembering his sacrifice, remembering what he has done for us, remembering the love of the Father, letting it bring us to our knees in humility, letting the cross do a work in our hearts and a work in our eyes and a work in our mind and a work in our perspective and a work in our calling because it will bring us to a life of sacrifice and it will bring us to a life of gratitude and it will bring you to the fullness of the calling that God has on your life. If you're here listening under the sound of my voice, just bow your heads and close your eyes wherever you're at today. Maybe you're in your, your, your car, maybe in your living room or your bedroom, wherever you may be, I wanna speak to you for just one more second and I wanna ask you this question. Maybe you're, you're here today and you said, well, well, you talked about our yeses and you talked about the cross and you talked about salvation, but, but I, I've never actually given my heart and my life to Christ Jesus. I've never asked him to be Lord over my life. I've never given him the, the, to, to be my guide in my life and my direction. But today I wanna do that. Or maybe, maybe for you, you, you have done that, but today you need to, to say, no, 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 I'm getting back in alignment with the cross. I'm rededicating my heart and my life to him today. If this is you, wherever you're at, wherever you're at today, just place your hand over your heart and repeat this prayer after me if you wouldn't mind. Dear Jesus, I admit that I have made mistakes. I ask that you forgive me of all of my sins. God, I give you my heart and my life. Father, please give me the power to live for you each and every day. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.